0: Hello, welcome to Charity Chat. I'm your host, Samuel Davies, or I should say one of your hosts, because this in this episode I'm joined by producer of the show, Bapur Singh Gill, for an interview with Lee Clark, founder of GivePenny. We speak about online giving and how charities should think about it as part of a wider opportunity to engage meaningfully with their supporters. We also talk about gaming for good and GivePenny's new gaming event for charities. This episode of Charity Chat has been brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Work For Good. Work For Good believes everyone should be able to turn the work they do into good through their fundraising platform. They offer charities a way to engage and work with small businesses, including founders, owners and sole traders who want to make an impact for charities through their sales. To find out more, please visit workforgood.co.uk. Without further ado, here is Lee Clark speaking with Barpoor and I about socially fundraising online. So I'm delighted to be joined today by fellow producer of the show Barpoor Gill. Hello Barpoor. Hi Sam, how are you? Very well. And today we're we're meeting and interviewing Lee Clark, founder of Give Penny. Lee, welcome to Charity Chat.
1: Hey Sam, hey Barpoor. Thanks for having me.
0: It's our pleasure. Thanks for joining us. We um we're here today it's, we're recording this in August 2022 and um and I don't know about you, Lee, the weather here is pretty, uh, pretty cloudy, but we're hoping for a bit more sun later today.
1: Yeah, we just had the heat wave, haven't we? So we this have. is a welcome relief. It rained the other day and I thought, thank goodness for that. <laughs> I, did, I didn't have a coat. So it wasn't the usual, oh, my God, it's raining. It was more like, yes, give me more.
0: Well, that's, that's a good point as well, because I the other day it was 27 degrees and I thought doesn't feel that hot. But I guess we have got a new <laughs> level of hot, haven't we, after the, yes. after the heat wave a couple of weeks ago?
1: Yes, yeah, definitely.
0: So, brilliant. So Lee, kind of maybe we could start by asking you, kind of what is your background? What's led you to where you are today as founder of GivePenny?
1: I've been extremely lucky. Um, I, uh, I've been a fundraiser of sorts my entire life. And what that means is that from when I was at primary school all the way through to my adult life, I was always, always doing something for charity in a given year. Um, never worked in the sector and uh, had never run a tech company and have never, had, up until um, this experience, had never written a line of code. So I am um, purely an ideas man and I've been lucky enough to meet people that have helped bring a vision to life. Um, so yeah, my background in, is in uh, raising money as a fundraiser. Um, as a member of the public, taking part in daft challenges and and what have you, and coming up with my own sometimes, and then coming up with an idea, and then trying to get it off the ground by meeting as many much more talented people than me um, to, to 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 bring it to life.
0: What what were you? What's your earliest memory of a fundraising event that you you took on?
1: Oh, that's easy. So um, the gates of hell might well be uh, back in the. Mid 80s, in um, Plymouth where I grew up, uh, an outdoor swimming pool next to the sea called Mount Wise. I believe it's had a makeover since, but I remember that being one of the coldest experiences of my life. Um, could have done with that a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we did a. Uh, used to have to get changed outside in the cubicles, and uh, I remember thinking, what, what, what is this? Why am I here? Um, and we did a sponsored swim. So we did widths of the pool Hmm. and I was getting upwards of 50 pence per width from some of my neighbours. Wow. And I remember on the day of the sponsored swim, getting back home, my mum had uh, picked me up from school early in her uh, sky blue Austin Metro (laughs) and uh, she used to let me change gear. So yeah, I always remember those. Um, And I knocked on my neighbour's door with a a soggy bit of paper and (laughs) uh, told them all that they owed me. A fiver because I'd done a ten wits or, or whatever it would be. Wow. I have a very distinct early memory of fundraising, and yeah. yeah, it felt great.
0: And this was the the old school. I suppose it's old school now, uh, and I, we've all done it. But you know, walking around with a bit of paper sponsorship form,
1: mm. and then
0: people ticking what they'll and, and writing in what they're going to give you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that that at the other end of the continuum, a few years ago, I was live streaming myself playing Red Dead Redemption Two and the new oh. Spider Man game outside for 24 hours in a pub garden to raise money for shelter so things wow. have changed since that, that yeah. swim
0: yeah wow I mean that they're two extremes aren't they really of, of the the uh the fundraising world I guess in terms of events
1: yeah um, yeah,
2: yeah
0: that's amazing
2: do you remember you said it was for shelter the second time but do you remember who you raised money for the first time
1: I don't I don't it was it was through the school I went to a school that um it's now a housing estate um called barn barton primary um i don't remember which which charity it would have been for there were a couple of local hospices um so i imagine it would have been for one of those um but yeah that don't quite remember
0: that's a good question though because i I suppose and it's an interesting philosophical question perhaps but what it is that drives people to raise money? What what was it that drove you to raise money, Lee? Do you think it was? And thinking back to that, those first experience of raising money, was it the challenge? Was it doing something a bit mad, or was it the the desire to give to a good cause, or was it potentially the cause? Do you do you remember?
1: I as I as I got older, and it wasn't um, a teacher saying, "Oi, get in that pool. We're doing some lents for charity." Um, <laughs> right. When when it became more of a decision um, that that. That I made, it was driven not by a loyalty to a particular charity. I've I've been lucky enough to survive most of my life without having massively horrendous things happen to me on a personal Mm -hmm. level that might then get me interacting with a given cause and then build loyalty and 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 what have you over that period. But I have always had this sense of wanting to do good and the fact that it's it's part of life to, to to give back. And I think. When it's come down to it, the idea has come first, the challenge has come first, the sense of meaning that you get from setting yourself a goal and then achieving it um, has always come first. And then afterwards for me, it's been, how do I retrofit doing this for charity to that Mm -hmm. idea and that challenge, which is where the idea for Give Penny came from. It was a realization that um, a lot of people come up with crazy ideas to fundraise for charity, um, some of them work for charities and um, they certainly don't do it for the money. Um, they should get paid a lot more than they do, um, but they don't necessarily do it for the money. Um, and those those creative minds in charities are coming up with these ideas for how to inspire their supporters, the general public, to take on a fundraising challenge. And I think it starts with the idea. And something that we've seen this past few years has definitely been um, uh a renaissance for ideas around fundraising brought on uh, as a necessity of reacting to the the way the world has changed these past couple of years Um, but yeah I think the challenge first has always been the, the thing that's drove me towards fundraising
2: what challenges are you seeing charities facing and how are you seeking to support them
1: um, the biggest thing that we experience here at GivePenny um, is really a, a reflection of how we work with our um, charity customers. So, charities will use GivePenny for specific events, and they'll they'll use the the fundraising platform to inspire supporters to uh, go running um, and be sponsored per mile, or um, uh, add songs to playlists in return for donations and all those things. Um, And the reason that they're coming to us to use our platform, which is unique in the way that it works compared to to other platforms out there, um, is that they're facing unprecedented challenges, even as we come out of um, the the, the pandemic. Turning off all face-to-face events is one thing, but then having to learn a very harsh lesson in what you could say is the first year of us returning to some kind of normal mm-hmm. that it's not easy to recruit people to take on some of the events that were mainstays in everybody's fundraising calendar pre COVID. It's just not easy to get people to, to, to go and run around a city or a, or a park or take on a cycling challenge or agree to go and do a trek in a foreign country or sale or skydive or bake cakes. It's not as easy as, as it was pre COVID. And I think we're in a moment right now, where, as we stand in, in the summer of 2022, where all of the lessons learned during the pandemic, where all of the paperwork and bureaucracy and charities suddenly took a back seat to, oh my God, we need to get shit done. Um, I think that kind of boot camp has meant that as a sector, they are equipped the charity sector is equipped to cope with this latest challenge and they're reacting fast so if they've bought places for third party events and that's not going so well they're not just sitting there going oh well never mind we'll roll over to next year they're making changes to the campaign messaging they they're doing their best to find new ways they're doing um, what they can to pivot in the in within the challenge and and i think that's something that might not get noticed, but all the skills people learned about how to get new ideas off the ground quickly and not sit still and don't be afraid. I think those things are coming into the fore now. So yeah, recruiting people to take on fundraising challenges is actually the biggest challenge that the sector's facing right now. Those challenges, those, those events, they're all back. You know, they're all organized, they're all ready to go. The people who work for those organizations have done an amazing job in, in kind of bringing it all back to life, but it's hard to recruit people on a backdrop of um, uh, all of the changes in how we might promote these things. So marketing teams at charities are really under the cost right now. Um, Social media media advertising is going through some changes. Um, It's meaning that new players are popping up. That's a whole world that um, needs to be learned as as fast as possible. We can't just rely on Facebook ads anymore. Um, We've got to look further afield. So the likes of Spotify advertising and TikTok and, and even things that aren't social media related are beginning to really test the metal of, um, of, of a marketing team within a charity. So it's hard out there, it's hard. Um, and how are we seeking to support them? Um, our platform's built for this. Uh, <laughs> the thing about GivePenny, we, we've been around quite a while actually. We, it was 2016 when we launched to the public. Um, it was just the founding group um, we plowed a load of um, savings into building a, a minimum viable product and then somehow got an article in The Guardian, which created quite nice. a lot of attention. Um, but we were way, way too early in hindsight, way, way too early. We were saying the future of fundraising is, is in uh, people connecting existing experiences they're having with the world's favorite apps and websites mm. to a fundraising challenge and having creative ways to donate. And I was hearing back off the sector, what's Twitch? Um, so it was a lot of educating. And I think we've been part of that education process in the early years. Um, we survived long enough for the right opportunity to come along. And, and whilst um, COVID is definitely not a business model, um, it was a moment where we became a solution, part of the solution to how the hell do we fundraise when everyone's stuck at home? Um, so, those lessons and that acceleration of um new digital solutions to fundraising coming out of the pandemic means that right now given the challenge that's in front of charities we're right there um, as the as one of the solutions to that because we as a dynamic fundraising platform it means that if someone has an idea if someone in the fundraising team has an idea it's likely you can use GivePenny in a creative way to make the fundraising experience lock into that so yeah it's uh, it's exciting times for us
0: and do you Lee, do you get the sense that um people were i suppose during the pandemic that you know the last couple of years that people were had to withdraw from each other a little bit and and I suppose there are two sides of that. On the one hand, people may be more isolated, more lonely, and you know wanting to have a way of connecting with people. so then i I guess you know kind of technology can help with that. But then on the flip side, I guess, is there a risk that people have got used to? keeping away from people do you think that you know these different type these different kind of sides of um kind of the the product of the pandemic um might be kind of helping might help charities in the future to give people the opportunity to get back together but also might also pose a challenge for charities to encourage those people that may be out of the habit of doing mass participation events for example
1: yeah the world's changed fundamentally from under our feet, but one of the good things that's come out of COVID, there have been some good things. There's been horrendous things when people lost their lives, and um, we, we've we've seen unprecedented mental health issues with with including me. I really struggled during the pandemic as a uh, a person who loves to be around people. Mm. Um, it, it changed the world under our feet, but I tell you what, looking back, if you're trying to find positives the entire country, if we just take the UK, the entire country had time to take a breath and look at what their lives were and how they were shaped and really ask themselves, what do I want? What do I want every day? Is it to be chained to the desk? Is it to do the hour and a half commute? Is that what I really want? Mm. And I think that's been a good thing for some and I think it's been a scary thing for many and how that relates to to now is that you've got situations where the tried and tested methods which that phrase on its own is dangerous tried and tested methods of how things were pre-pandemic don't work now because the world has changed and people's attitudes have changed so as a sector that we have to come up with new solutions based on The world has it shaped right now. So, if the world has it shaped right now, why everybody takes a collective breath and really looks at what they want to do and how they want to shape their life involves more time at home, taking less less on, committing to less. You know, not saying I'm definitely doing this in three months' time or I'm definitely going to be doing that in the summer. Yes, there's a practical reason. You know, I think there's still a lot of uncertainty around whether you will be allowed to do certain things. Yeah, absolutely. Like. Being in that stage where looking too far ahead is seen as too much pressure and actually I don't want to be like that. I'd rather just have a weekend randomly with nothing in it and just see what life brings to me and spend more time with my family and friends. I think that's the backdrop on which previous tried and tested methods for encouraging people to fundraise won't work. And that's part of the problem right now. Products are being, I say products, fundraising elements of of um uh, of events that people are being asked to take on or 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 experiences they're being drawn into the experiences they're being drawn into are taking people away from i think what they've decided they want from life so they've got to change so the old ways don't work that's Mm. that's the overriding answer to that i think things have changed too much that the rug's been pulled
0: What should charities consider before they start fundraising through sites like GivePenny? Do they need to have their own events or does it work to ask their existing audience to come up with their own ideas, I suppose, as kind of part of a target audience centred approach?
2: Mm.
1: So the answer is not always GivePenny. I think what we've learned by talking to a lot of our customers over the last three or four years is that Everybody needs a balance of events right now, and you don't want to put everything on black. And you should be talking to your existing audience anyway. If you're not, then what are you doing? Um, Talking to your existing audience, what that should mean is not necessarily, what do you want to do? And we'll give you that. It's not that easy. Um, Nobody knew we wanted uh, a phone with no keyboard. Mm -hmm. And then... Apple turn up and even though the first few people who saw it went, how are we going to type? <laughs> um, it, it, we now all have massive thumbs because that's all we do. Um, but I I, I I, think there's a lot to be said for um, learning more about your existing audience because just knowing their age, um, whether they're male, female or, or, or other or um, where they live, and how much they fundraise for you in the past and which events they've taken on. You've got to learn a bit more than that now. Like what's their life like? <laughs> which apps do they, they use the most? Where are they online? They're, they're not in one place. For goodness sake, they're not on Facebook. Um, they are in multiple places with crossovers of people in different communities for different reasons. So just look at your phone and realize how many WhatsApp groups you're in and then try and find the crossovers of people that are in the same groups, but you're having different conversations and streams of, com- streams of, um, streams of uh, subjects in, in those conversations. Learning more about your existing audience should be something you, you obsess over because when you come up with new ideas, it's got to be on the base of who you, who you're trying to create fundraising experiences for. Um, we've been through quite a few processes where uh, we've been tasked with coming up with new ideas. World gaming day is one of those Um and learning who it's for is more important than what should it be. And there's quite a lot of um, one of the biggest issues I think we find when when we talk to a uh, to a charity coming up with new ideas is they think because they personally have this experience it should be there for what everybody else feels like. Mm. It's trying to get people to see further out than that and and just accept that you know they're one of millions of people that um, are living their lives slightly differently right now. So learning, ask their audience, yes, um, but don't just ask them what they want to do. Like learn about them, have conversations with them, thank them personally and and, and use that as an excuse to, to gather something else about who they are and how they interact with you as a, as a cause. Use that to then think about what the fundraising experience should look like and then choose platform to use it uh to use it for and we are either the right platform for that or not and i wouldn't say that i mean it's, it's unhealthy for us to sit here and go use give penny for everything it's possible but there are some things that you shouldn't change um they are what they are but with with fundraising experiences that are new and need some flexibility and still the ability to deploy a plan b and pivot given what we were just talking about we're a pretty good uh place to start that kind of stuff so yeah talk to talk to your audience don't just ask them what they want to do learn as much as you can and go past the usual where are they how old are they kind of stuff you know
2: it's really refreshing first of all to hear a founder say we're not the only platform to use or you know oh, God, there's no. a lot of the, yeah yeah a lot of the time when you you know speak to a ceo or a founder, they will just promote that their uh, Organizational stuff, so that's really refreshing.
1: So thank you for that. That's all um, right I mean it too. I mean, we we live in a sec. We're in a sector so platforms for for charities, mm-hmm. where our customers use more than one platform for more than one thing. And our mm-hmm. entire sense of being as a, as an organization for us is all about connected giving. So connecting things together. We're not going to rebuild Spotify or Strava or Stripe or PayPal, YouTube, Twitch runkeeper fitbit we're not going to rebuild all of these experiences we're going to kind of connect things together and if we can't coexist and realize that there are horses for courses um then there's a problem Mm -hmm. so thanks for recognizing that but it's genuine as well
2: (laughs) yeah definitely i can tell um but it also made me think about you know esports for example Mm -hmm. how you know before we would do like fundraising about like a sporting, so mini five, five-a-side football, um, sporting event, and where you'd raise money. But esports is growing so fast right now, mm. and so you know, you can have FIFA fundraising events, you can have you know, all these other sort of fundraising, gaming fundraising events, because it is the future in certain aspects.
1: We have, yeah, we, have, we have a bunch of activities that people take on to demonstrate to their networks that they are doing something difficult to help raise money for a charity. So running, uh, that, that's as old as the hills themselves. Running for charity, that's one. So, and, and we have an idea for, for how to make running more accessible, um, but we're not ready to announce that yet, so keep an eye. Okay. Um, you've got cycling. You've got uh, walking and trekking. You've got getting together, so coffee mornings, World Mm -hmm. Gaming Day, um, and and everything like that. Gaming is the next activity, and I'd argue that there's been a lot of, oh, that's the next thing, and not a lot of real innovation. And that's coming from a founder of a tech company that knows that with very little resource how quickly you can spin really cool things up. And looking at the sector as a whole realizing what resources there are, even in a reduced size of team, given the the, the amount of um, income that that comes into to, to charities every year from the public and from other places. Um, gaming is an activity that has had a few good things happen as a gaming for good kind of product. So, I mean, Macmillan should take all the credit for um, showing the rest of the sector how to build a product from early ideas i think the first thing they did was actually host a stream in twitch's office in london all those years ago
2: yeah
1: and uh it had a different name then i think it was called game heroes or game changers um and they built on the back of that a fundraising campaign that encouraged other streamers to broadcast to their existing audiences and ask them to donate to mcmillan in return so basically everybody became terry wogan bless him I miss him. He was amazing. They all became little Terry Wogan's delivering entertainment in return for donations. That was a massive leap forward. And I think that each year that, I mean, that's getting close to being, it's not quite, I don't think it's crossed a million pound in a given year yet, but it's a significant size of fundraising campaign.
2: Mm.
1: Other charities have then gone, oh, that's the way. It's not. There are millions of people who play video games it's growing it's worldwide this year it's expected to go over three billion people play video games wow um i'm one of them um i only streamed uh in the bonkers way i did that i mentioned earlier to raise money for shelter most of the time it it, every every uh every year they'll guarantee there'll be a game that comes out that i think i like the look of and i'll play it and it's a bit like reading a book it's escapism Hmm. it's playing through a narrative playing through a story um i don't tend to like stream it i don't Play online with others, it's a it's a personal thing. I enjoy enjoy the escape escapism. Mm. But streaming is something that a very small percentage of gamers do. And then an even smaller slice of those people do it well, as in do it to significant audiences of people. Everybody else is, if they're streaming regularly, trying to become popular and trying to get themselves an audience. And all of that needs to happen before a charity turns up and says, do this for charity and ask your audience to donate. It's a lot of things that have to go well. I mean, Mm. if you want to break it down even further to a granular level, a gamer or a person who plays video games um, has to get the technical equipment, the technical know-how to then be able to get to a point where they can stream. Then they have to learn how to market themselves and they'll use the likes of Twitter and Discord and other things to do that. Build a regular streaming following and then do a decent stream to deliver entertainment in return for donations. There's a lot of steps involved there and not as big an audience as uh, as you, you know that there is in the UK. It's 11 million people or so play video games in the UK every year. It's growing. It's a reasonably even split. I think it's 55 male with 45% um, female gamers between the age of 25 and 45. All these people who have access to video games. And I bet you... <laughs> Somewhere in the loft in a lot of homes, uh, everybody's got a Wii um, from a Christmas 10 years ago and still has access yeah. to Mario Kart in some way. Um, so what, what we've done is we, we've created World Gaming Day in, in uh, collaboration with a charity, Leukemia Care. Mm-hmm. Um, we took inspiration from Tommy's, um, who, who created the London Landmarks Half Marathon, create an event and then open it up for other charities to take part and basically try and um, uh, simplify the process of making an event popular to help all sec- the, the entire sector raise as much money as possible. And World Gaming Day is the 22nd of October, and what we're asking the public to do is organize a few hours together with their friends to play video games. But streamers will stream if they want to, but this is the general public getting together to play games, and just like coffee has nothing to do with coffee mornings, really, this hasn't got a lot to do with gaming. This is getting people together, and I don't think there's been a better time in recent history for a charity to say to people, "All we want you to do is get your mates together. Here's an excuse, and then have have people who attend donate a tenner each to a fundraising page. Keep it super simple. Um, we've pre-built all of the content because one of the needs of the sector is lack of resource. They might have the idea, but they go, oh, I can't prioritize this because I've got to try and sell places to the London Marathon or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And so we've pre-built everything we've written with leukemia care have been amazing. Um, and Nicole Scully and, and, and Zach, the, the CEO over there have been very supportive of, of um, uh, bringing together a pack of assets that include the fundraising pack for fundraisers. And, um, they've thought of everything and <laughs> they've been, they've been, um, Uh, humble enough to look at how they've created the assets for this kind of campaign um, to, to admit that over time in all of the events they've ever bought places to, that there are gaps in some of those things. And it's not been very accessible to super small charities because for example, if you've organized a a run in London, um, there are only limited places and it's really difficult if you're a super small charity to, to, to get those places. So given this is a, online fundraising based challenge and we don't care how many people host their gaming days at home or in the pub or at work or wherever uh it's unlimited and we've provided an accessible price for the super small charities which is basically subsidized by the bigger charities paying slightly more <laughs> so the trends we're seeing is they need ideas like this
0: and and so all, all the charities that take part they the fundraisers raise money for their charity mm-hmm. do they Mm-hmm. yeah and, and they don't have to play any specific game. They can nope. play whatever games they like.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and we've had the usual, and it is usual only because we have these conversations a lot, like, can people play board games and that kind of stuff? They can, but that's not going to lead to something that's working at scale. We're leaning into an existing behavior, which is people play video games. And this, for us, uh, is the product that deserves to exist alongside all of the the, the half-decent and brilliant streaming for good products. But I do think there's a graveyard somewhere where there's a lot of uh, failed streaming for good products that have been spun up as an experiment and not kind of adjusted after a first go. And I think this is an easier, more accessible way to add gaming as an activity to your fundraising portfolio. So we're really excited about it. Um, I uh, I will be uh, having friends and family over and sitting next to my kids while they play things like Fortnite and minecraft and all the things that i don't normally sit down and play with them <laughs> because I, the, the the pace at which they speak to their mates on the phone uh, on the uh, on the, the headset on is just yeah, insane but it'll be a load of fun for the day and families can get involved lee
0: clark thank you for contributing to charity chats
1: oh you're, you're welcome i've had loads of fun actually it's been good
0: big thank you to lee clark for sharing his insights and expertise with us here on charity chat what is it that drives us to fundraise in lee's case it's been wanting to take on a challenge and then retrofitting this to supporting a charity for some it's the connection to a specific cause or encouragement from friends family and work colleagues to join them in a team endeavor many of us will have got experience firsthand of doing events and we'll all have our own reasons for doing it. Whatever the reason, charities need to make sure that they're giving their supporters and potential supporters a clear reason to choose their cause and in the case of charity-owned events, calibrate that to meet the needs of their target audience. It's important that charities are aware of the trends and interests of their supporters and also their potential supporters. Things have evolved recently, perhaps at an unprecedented rate in our lifetime. The culture has changed with the massive impacts of the climate crisis and the economic crisis that we're seeing is likely to continue that way and charities need to have an open ear to ensure that they are best placed to adapt their fundraising opportunity offer. Charities are pivoting to meet the challenge of a change of fundraising events culture. We've seen this over the last year or two. It's hard to recruit people to orthodox and historic fundraising events, whether that's runs, cycles or overseas treks. The market is facing the challenges of potential participants who are out of the habit of taking on these events after COVID. Online fundraising events and other digital solutions to fundraising, including connectivity to existing apps and social networks, may be one of the areas of growth that charities can seek out as an alternative, and added stream to their existing fundraising efforts. So thank you, dear listener, for getting this far with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Charity Chat and continue to enjoy the podcast. We'd love to hear either way. It's just left for me to thank our corporate sponsors. This episode of Charity Chat has been brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Work For Good. Work For Good believes everyone should be able to turn the work they do into good through their fundraising platform. They offer charities a way to engage and work with small businesses, including founders, owners, and sole traders who want to make an impact for charities through their Sales. To find out more, please visit workforgood.co.uk. Also, like to thank Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit, Magda Aksmit, for our beautiful website, check it out at charitychat.org.uk, and of Fools for playing throughout the show and for playing us out right now. That's it from me. Keep on doing what you can. I'll speak to you soon. Cheerio. Bye bye.